The Adventure of Ankaidu, Tablet 1 continued. In Uruk, the sheepfold, he was the shepherd of his people. But he would walk about proud like a wild bull, his head held high, showing his superiority to all of us. He was overbearing, day and night. He would raise his weapons even against his comrades. He would not leave the young men alone, challenging them to the sport of Puku and beating them. He had no rival. He had no challenger. He would not leave the young girls alone, even the daughters of warriors, even the young brides. The gods often heard their complaints. The young men became dejected alone in their private quarters. To the gods of heaven, to the lords of Uruk, they complained, did Aruru create such a rampant wild bull? Is there no rival? He is overbearing day and night. He is the shepherd of Uruk, and yet he will not leave the young girls alone, even the daughters of the warriors, even the young brides. He will not leave the young men alone. He raises his weapons even against his comrades. They called especially upon Aruru. You, Aruru, you created mankind. Now create someone to rival him, someone to bring peace to Orc. When Aruru heard this, she created inside of herself the word of Anu. Aruru washed her hands, pinched off a piece of clay, shaped it, and cast it into the open country. She created Inkaidu, whose name means wild man, offspring of silence, skybolt of Nunurta, who protects our herds, gives us our bread, leads us into battle. Like him, Inkaidu is the axe of war. His whole body was shaggy with hair, and he had tresses like a woman. His locks grew luxuriant and thick as grain. He knew nothing of people or life among them. He was naked as the animals. He ate with them. Like the gazelle, he grazed. He crouches with the cattle to quench his thirst at the pools. Living with the wild beasts, he is satisfied. One day, a thieving and murderous outcast who lived far from other men, who survived by hunting for his food, came face to face with Enkaidu, beside this watering place, as he was setting traps for his fare. He saw him again on three successive days. The hunter looked at him, dumbstruck. In perplexity he went to his wattle hut, and stayed, mute and afraid. He worried, and would not leave his hut. His face grew gaunt with fatigue, like that of a man who has traveled too far from home and is exhausted and haunted by grief. His father came to visit him, and he made his voice to be heard and spoke, Father, there is a man who came from the mountain. He is strong. He is wild. He is like the skybolt of Anu. He walks about the mountain like a wild beast. He eats with the cattle there. He waters with them. He stood in the water among them and saw me, and I am afraid to go there. He fills the pits that I dig for traps. He pulls out the snares that I have set. He helps the cattle, the other wild animals that I catch. He sets them free. 
He will not let me hunt. His father told him to travel to Uruk to seek Gilgamesh to help him. The hunter went off to see Gilgamesh. He took the road, set his face toward Uruk, and came then to the presence of Gilgamesh, who listened to what he had to say. There is a man who came from the mountain. He is strong. He is wild. He is like the sky bolt of Anu. He walks among the mountain like a wild beast. He eats with the cattle there. He waters with them. He stood in the water among them and saw me, and I am afraid to go there. He fills the pits that I dig for traps. He pulls out the snares that I have set. He helps the cattle, the other wild animals that I catch. He sets them free. He will not let me hunt. Gilgamesh replied, Go back, hunter, and lead the woman Shamhat, who is harlot for our temple of Ishtar, to that place. When he comes with the cattle at the watering place, she must approach him and take off her clothes and reveal her attractions to him. He will see her and come close to her. Then the cattle that have grown up with him in the open country will become alien to him. The hunter went. He led forth the harlot Shamhat with him, and they took the road. They made the journey to that place. In three days they reached that place. The hunter and harlot hid and waited. One day passed, then a second day. Then on the third day the cattle arrived at the water and drank, and Enkaidu, who came from the mountain with them, who shares their food and drinks with them at the watering place, took his drink with them also. Shamhat saw this wild man. The hunter, wicked outcast that he was, urged her now. Here he is now, Shamhat. Show him your breasts. Spread open your legs for him. Let him see your attractions. Do not pull away, but let him look. He will see you and come down on you. Drop your garments for him and let him lie down upon you. Do for him, the wild man, as women do for men. Then his cattle, which have grown up with him in open country, will become alien to him. Shamhat took off her clothing and showed herself to Enkaidu. She parted her legs and did not pull away from him. He lay upon her and she did for him a wild man as women do for men. For six days and seven nights, Enkaidu was aroused and poured himself into Shamhat. When he was sated with her, he left her and set himself back to the open country. He came upon the gazelles, but when they saw him, they scattered. All the cattle of the open country kept away from him now, for Enkaidu had bathed with the woman. His body was too clean. Enkaidu could not run with them if he had before. His legs now lacked the power. Shamhat had diminished him. He had acquired knowledge of himself, and it made him different. He went back to the watering hole and sat at the harlot's feet. The harlot studied his face. He listened carefully to what she told him. You have become profound, Enkaido. You have become like a god. Why should you roam the open country? with the wild animals. Let me take you to Uruk, the sheepfold of Inanna, 
to that pure house of the sky, the home of Anu and Ishtar, where Gilgamesh rules, stronger than any man, who is like a wild bull. And Kaidu heard and agreed, knowing it true in his own mind. Take me, Shamhat, take me to the house of the sky, home of Anu. Take me to Gilgamesh, who is stronger than any man who is a wild bull. I will go to Uruk. In Uruk I shall be the strongest. I shall go and alter destiny, for one who is born in the open country is strongest. Shamhat answered, Come in, Kaido, and go with me to Uruk, where the young men gird their waists with sashes, where every day is a feast day, where the drums beat and the girls show themselves adorned only in joy and full of happiness. In bed at night the great men enjoy themselves in Kaido. Let me tell you about Gilgamesh, a man of joy and woe at once. Look at him, observe his face. He's beautiful in his manhood, dignified, his body is seductive to women. He is powerful, stronger than you. He does not sleep, night or day. Owen Kaido, change your mind for punishing him. Shamash, the sun, loves Gilgamesh, and Anu, the sky, and Elil, father of the gods, and Ea, the earth, made him wise. Before you came from the mountains, Gilgamesh dreamt of you. He arose and described his dream. He told it to his mother. Mother, he said, I saw a dream in the night. There were stars in the sky for me, and a sky bolt fell upon me. It crushed me. I tried to lift it off. I tried to move it aside, but it was too heavy. The people, the men of Uruk, were standing by and had gathered around. The men crowded about. The young men were attracted to it. They kissed it like young children would. Then I myself loved it, as if it were a wife. I doted on it. I brought it to you, and you yourself treated it as a son, a brother to me. His mother, the wise wild cow Ninsen, all-knowing, understood and spoke. When there were stars in the sky for you, and something like a sky bolt kept falling upon you, and you tried to lift it up, you tried to turn it over, but you could not budge it. You carried it to me, laid it at my feet. I treated it as equal to you, and you loved it as a wife and doted on it. It means a strong partner shall come to you, one who can save the life of a friend. He will be the most powerful in strength in all the lands. His strength will be as great as the sky bolt. You will love him as a wife, you will dote on him, and he will always keep you safe. That is the meaning of your dream. Gilgamesh spoke to his mother and told her, Mother, I have had a second dream. An axe was thrown down in the street. The men crowded about it. The young men were attracted to it. They kissed it like young children would. Then I myself loved it. As if it was a wife, I doted on it. I brought it to you, and you yourself treated it as a son, a brother to me. His mother, the wise wild cow, Ninsen, all-knowing, understood and spoke. The copper axe that you saw is a man. You will love it as a wife and dote on it. 
a strong partner shall come to you, one who can save the life of a friend. He will be the most powerful in strength in all the lands. His strength will be as great as the sky bolt. Gilgamesh spoke to his mother. Let it fall, then, according to the words of Elil, the great counselor. I shall gain a friend. Thus Shamhat had heard of the dreams of Gilgamesh and told them to Enkaidu. She told him, the dreams mean that you will love one another. Now the text changes to Tablet 2. All of Column 1 of Tablet 2 is impossible to read, and much of Column 2 has been destroyed. And so for texts, scholars turn usually to the Babylonian, a parallel text, also a Tablet 2. Shamhat shared her clothing with Enkaidu, one garment she wore and the other he wore. She took his hand, and like a mother, she led him away. She led him to a village of shepherds nearby, where the people were amazed to see him. He is like Gilgamesh himself, strong and manly. He is as powerful in his arms as the skybolt of Anu. He entered the hut of a shepherd. They brought him food and drink, but he would not take it, not understanding it. He's used to the suck of milk from the teats of wild cattle, not beer. He stared, and Kaidu knew nothing of eating bread or drinking beer. He had never learned. Shanhat made her voice heard and spoke to Enkaidu, Eat the bread, Enkaidu. It is sacred to life. Drink the beer. It is the providence of our fertile land. Enkaidu ate the bread until he had had enough. He drank the beer, seven whole jars, and he felt joyful and comfortable. His heart rejoiced, his face beamed. He anointed his body as any man does and put on the clothes of a man. He took up a weapon and now was like any warrior. He stayed with these shepherders. He fought the lions and drove them off. He slew wolves that harassed their flocks so the herdsmen could sleep at night while Ankaidu guarded. One day, a young man hurried through the village, and Ankaidu stopped him. Shamhat approached him to ask, Where are you going? The man explained, I hurry to the assembly of the fathers-in-law, where I am to fill the table of ceremonies with delightful food. They shall bring forth the brides for the bridegrooms, chosen for them, as is the custom and the providence of the land. But Gilgamesh, the king of Uruk, usurps them. He claims by right of his birth, by a prophecy made when his umbilical was cut, that he may take each bride to bed before her husband shall, and forces himself upon them. They cannot stop him. He takes the brides and will not give them back, even to their mothers. Oh, <laughs> oh,
and Kaido went in front and Chamhat behind him, and they entered Uruk. He stood in the street of Uruk, the sheepfold, and the people gathered about him and gaped at him. The men masked. The young men crowded about him. They kissed his feet like very young children. They spoke among themselves. He is just like Gilgamesh. Some said he was shorter, but others said he looks very strong. Someone told how the mountains gave him birth where he grazed with wild cattle, how he sucked milk at the teats of the wild cows. We shall make sacrifices to give thanks for him, for he looks to be noble. A match is found for Gilgamesh at last. The bed was made each night for a wedding, as was the custom for the union of Ishara, and each night Gilgamesh came and took the place of the bridegrooms to these brides. But now, Enkaido stood in the threshold of the marriage house and barred the way of Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh, enraged, enraged by his lust, confronted Enkaido. Enkaido blocked his passage and would not let him enter. They grappled like wrestlers, they tossed their bodies against the doorway, and the doorposts shattered. The walls shook. The walls crashed, and the door fell. They fell into the street and wrestled. And Kaido, at last, threw Gilgamesh to the ground. Bitterly, Gilgamesh wept, and his mother Ninsun, goddess of the wild cow, listened and spoke to him. But Gilgamesh was inconsolable. He is born in the open country. He is wild. Who can better him? Gilgamesh rose and turned to walk away, but Enkaido, who had stood, watching, listening, sat down and began to cry. Gilgamesh turned back. Enkaido wept. Gilgamesh embraced Enkaido and asked, Why are your eyes full of tears? Enkaido told him, Gilgamesh, your mother bore you to be unique. The wild cow of the sheepfold, Ninsen, she gave you protection even from death. And Elil, who rules all, decreed that you shall rule men. After this day, they were inseparable friends. Gilgamesh loved him as if he was his wife. He doted on him. He took him to his mother, and she treated him as an equal, as if in Kaidu were her son and Gilgamesh his brother. <laughs>